0: Hey everyone, a huge welcome to the kickback series of MIT Sloan's Black Business Student Association. In honor of Black History Month, we're dropping a podcast episode each week of February showcasing four black student stories across four chapters in the Sloan journey, from the application process to the alumni experience. Whether you're trying to figure it out if Sloan's right for you, or you're a curious alum, tapping in to hear about how the inroads you paved are paying dividends, we got you. I'll be your host, Taylor Carter, second year MBA at Sloan and co-president of Black Business Student Association. This week, we are joined by Ellum, aka Mayor Ellum, a first-year MBA at MIT Sloan, and a community-building chair for the Pacific Ocean, and also, uh, breaking news, an aspiring presidential candidate for Sloan's class of 2023. So, let's get out and rock the boat this spring. Welcome to the show, Ellum. Hey, thank you, Taylor. I uh, appreciate
1: it. And I also want to shout out my Pacific egrets. Ah! You know? Uh, just because that was my bird group. Um, and we can talk about bird groups later, but just wanted to throw them out there, too.
0: You know, always got to shout out the bird gang. So, yeah. uh... Ellen, tell the folks a little bit about yourself, about your background before deciding whether an MBA is right for you. Uh, where are you from? Where did you go to school, and kind of what work did you do prior to Sloan?
1: Yeah, so um, before Sloan, um, first off, I'm from Houston, Texas, the best city in the state of Texas. Um, I grew, I was, I was raised there. Went to school at Texas A&M, so I went to you know state school. Um, while I was there, I studied um, accounting and I did my undergrad and masters there, and I also got my CPA. Um, from there, I went and worked as an auditor at um, EY for a couple of years before moving to New York City to finally, like I always wanted to move to New York City. So like I got to work at jet.com, but then had to move back home um, after hurricane Harvey, my parents' house got flooded. Like the whole thing helped rebuild the house. Um, and then a couple of years later um, went into IT consulting and that was the last thing I did prior to Sloan So um, it was kind of a weird pivot going from accounting to IT consulting, but it was like something that I felt needed to be done in order to actually like advance my career and kind of get out of mundane, point in Minnesota
0: County yeah fair point interesting pivot and definitely kind of everyone has their own unique journey as in terms of like getting this Sloan. so mm-hmm. take us back actually to that initial spark of intrigue when you first considered applying to an MBA mm-hmm. what were you really hoping to gain from your MBA experience and how did Sloan fit into that picture
1: yeah so like I think the initial spark was really um I came in so my older brother full disclosure he went to Sloan as well and he grabbed I know you know him um, his name is Della he went to school Um, in 2019 or graduated in 2019 and before he graduated i came the month before he graduated and met his roommate and then he actually took me on a tour of slum and while i was there i kind of like met all these incredible people and i had always thought that mit was like this untouchable like place that only the select few get to go to so then like i went there and met all these incredible people and saw like the incredible things they were doing i saw what Dell was doing too all the impact he's making on campus and it really like kind of changed my my mindset and i really thought if this is like not to sound arrogant, but I was like, if this is all it takes to get into Sloan is taking a test, um, then I don't see why I shouldn't be able to get in. And so that kind of sparked my intrigue. I knew I wanted to make more of an impact beyond just the accounting realm initially, which is why I switched into IT consulting. And I also wanted to be um, more of a decision maker because like, I've worked for two startups and I've seen one of them get acquired by Walmart for $3 billion. The other one's kind of like fledgling a little. Fledg- I don't know if that's the right word, but it's like struggling a little bit. But like the idea is... But, like. Both of those companies still, like, I didn't understand, like, how do the decisions go into actually making things, like, and who is making those decisions and how is the strategy being built? And I realized, like, in my current position, I couldn't achieve those goals. And so I wanted to be able to come somewhere business school-wise and, like, take my talents and what I've already experienced and learned and go beyond that and actually be able to make an impact outside of school once I left.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. You know, you want to be in the room where it happens. You want to be able to make those decisions and be able to have... The confidence and the ability to really create that value and you know drive a company forward, so, yeah. I want to be like, I mean, I want to be Hamilton, right? Like, he you you was in the room where it happened, you know. I appreciate it, yeah. You know? <laughs> so, like, moving on, I guess, further down the journey, mm-hmm. like the NBA really is like a very self reflective mm-hmm. process. So, how did you find support kind of throughout that process, and who was instrumental in your journey, um, to that space?
1: Yeah, so I've got to give two, I think, like. Two people were the most instrumental in my process of like going from one, the GMAT process itself was actually pretty awful because I was a COVID GMAT person. I had just finished preparing for the GMAT and um, the, the the winter of 2019 was prepping to take it April 2020. And then everything shut down in Chicago. I was living in Chicago at the time and there are only two testing centers in the city and I don't have a car. So like I like literally was trapped in the city of Chicago, having studied all this stuff and didn't have the opportunity to actually take the test. It was pretty um, terrible pr- uh, position to be in. So while I was like struggling there, thankful for my wife first and foremost, Hannah. God give her a shout. She'll kill me even if I if I didn't say her name. She was really like a solid support system because like she was there every day. Like I would literally start the day at six a.m. study for the GMAT, go to work, come back from work, study the GMAT, go to sleep. That'd be like my my cycle. Um, the other person I gotta thank is of course my older brother because like I had applied to MLT. I didn't get in for, like, I don't know why, but I didn't get in the first time. I ended up getting in the, the second time I applied. But like because I didn't have that framework, Dello like, he literally tore apart any application I did. He was like look, you got to go deeper. You got to do better. You got to do this without giving me any answers. He was just like, you got to do better than this. And it really pushed me to like, to this point where I was like, okay, either one, I'm really dumb and I don't know what's going on. Or two, it's like, I, maybe I have more of this in me than I realized. And maybe he realizes something in me. And I was really thankful for that push because it really did help my application process. He also did just one other thing that he did is he, because like I was interested in business school, he knew that. Um, when round three plus happened, I didn't even know like Sloan was like doing this thing where they were like letting people in if you had a certification but didn't take the GMAT. And I had, um, I had a CPA, I have a CPA, and can apply and with the hope of getting in. And I did get an interview with Donna uh, Levinson. And while I had that interview, like she told me, she's like, Look, your profile's awesome, like, your brother's done a lot of stuff for the school, that's great but like um you got to work on you gotta work on improving your profile and you got to do you know better in the quant section of the gmat you got to improve your like you got to show us that you really want it and that really i think maybe that i don't know i would give her the full credit that i would give like my wife and my brother but like um, Donna also pushed me to like the point of like you got to dig. Basically, it was all about digging deeper and beyond like what you could actually normally do. So I really appreciate probably those three people, um, and of course I, I got to give credit for my parents, my my little brother, you know, my friends, all those other people. But like those three people, two most likely, Hannah and Della were probably the most instrumental. Honestly,
0: that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, digging deep into like the reflective process of MBA is really Man, it, is <laughs> it, it, it is a lot. of work <laughs> oh It is a lot of work. It's gosh. almost a spiritual journey. But yeah. you know, once you get through. You really have nothing but you know positive things on the other side. of Yeah, side. you never have to do it again. That's, that's exactly. the best part. You <laughs> never have to do it again, and you're good to go from there. Um, so Lena and Wakago, in their last series, focus on the application process. So mm-hmm. we actually want to shift gears a little bit here to matriculating into Sloan. Um, so that's where we'll take the next part of our conversation. So you go through that self reflective process. Mm-hmm. Your brother pushes you. Your wife pushes you. Donna pushes you, mm-hmm. and you decide to apply and you make your way to yes. Yeah. What were the qualities that you were looking for in an MBA program, and why did you choose Sloan over other alternatives at the time?
1: So I think the qualities I was really looking for, honestly, were like, and I I, I hate when people give this answer um, for work, but I think it's true for MBA. It's like the people first and foremost, um, because like the, I think and I know not to use a curse word here, but just the one. Um, there the one thing I got from like Dell when I was talking with him is like Sloan doesn't admit assholes. Like, and I was like, what does that mean? He's like you it doesn't matter how accomplished you are um in your past it's like if you don't fit the profile of what they're looking for um you're not going to get into that you're not going to get in and i think that was like something i really took to heart because like i feel like at my core like i have confidence in myself of course um as do as does everybody else here um, at school but they don't really like put it in your face like i mean like Maya, for example, just got named, like, junior ambassador for, like, climate change for um, for, for her country. I'm blanking on the name for some reason. But, like, it was just, like, that kind of thing. Like, she's not – she doesn't lead with that. That's who she is. Like, it's incredible. So, like, I think that was first and foremost. I think the other thing was obviously, like, um academia. Like, I wanted to be pushed and learn from the best. Like, if I'm going to go to school and I'm going to spend over a 100 – almost $200,000 on this experience over two years, which – Good for them. For uh, that's a huge ROI on their part. I wanted the same ROI. Like I wanted to be able to walk away and say I learned so much from the best people in the world, um, and I and I can take that into the world and, and apply that myself and, and um, capitalize on that. And I think the third thing that I wanted to experience was just the or that I looked towards was honestly just the ability to um, help like my ultimate goal is to get into VC, like beyond like everything else I do today. And I really wanted to get into VC for the sake of like investing in black and brown businesses. And I needed to be able to like meet the people who could put me in the room to make that happen down the road. And I felt like the network, that the people that I've met today can definitely um, put me in a position maybe like five, 10 years down the road. I need to pick up the phone and talk to these people. I feel feel like I I'm in the right position to actually make that happen. So I think those three things were probably the most instrumental in me deciding what school am I gonna to go to.
0: Yeah, that that makes sense. And also quick shout out to Maya. Yeah. yeah uh, Maya
1: Delaney future president. Yeah, <laughs> you know, gotta gotta, gotta plug it. Of the um, US, not no, 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 sorry.
0: Yeah, so <laughs> anyways. <laughs> well, let's keep going here. But uh, so every NBA community really is different. And those factors are apparent from the application through graduation. So when thinking about your time matriculating into Sloan, um, what eventually helped shape your class's community even before you stepped foot on campus?
1: Yeah, so I think I was really fortunate um, for two things that happened. Um, the first being the New Orleans. So there was a New Orleans New Orleans trip. Now, a lot of people like ended up bailing out because there was a, um, there was a tropical storm slash hurricane headed towards New Orleans the weekend we were going to be in New Orleans. Thankfully, it only actually rained like the night we landed. Um, But like, I met a lot of like really cool people. Like that's where I met O'Shea, that's where I met Kyle, that's where I met a lot of other second years as well. Um, And they really showed me like what Sloan was really about. Like I, obviously like the only person, the only point of reference I had was my older brother and what what he spoke on in his experience, but I never actually experienced it for myself. So like when I first sat down and actually met these people, it was like really cool um, to actually like get to know these people. Um, And then also O'Shea just like me and him were literally on the phone. Like we literally talked to each other on the phone before we even met in New Orleans. Like I was like, I don't know who this guy is, but he seems cool. Um, The other experience honestly was like Yacht Week. So uh, like I know like it is a crazy experience. It is a lot of partying and stuff like that. But like I got to meet like um, we were on a boat with eight people. Right? Like, and I was one of seven people. One other person didn't go to Sloan. works at TikTok. The other people are all Sloanese or like Sloan SOs, which are significant others if you didn't know that. Meeting those people and then meeting all the second years at Yacht week like really created this like bond and like let me know let me see like what are the actual people like at slum like outside of the classroom um because like in the classroom like people act a certain way and it's like you got to be you know semi-professional you're not going to like cut up or do anything like overly crazy but like at Yacht week like you really got to meet and like get to know these people beyond the surface level beyond the level of like what they want to do for work right like you get to know who they are who their background is where they're from like what their aspirations are what makes them tick and i think Seeing all of that, like really, like validated that Sloan was like the right spot for me. Oh, well.
0: that makes sense. And yeah, getting to go on those like those informal trips, getting those communications, mm-hmm. and a chance to really build that network out before you get to Sloan. Yeah, does a great job of really setting you up for success and your ability to really form like a, a cohesive class, a cohesive group as you work through the next couple of years in your MBA um and and I just want to say one
1: like and I know like I just wanted to say this because I know the cost of the trips like usually the sticker price like scares a lot of people myself included I was terrified to like spend the money to like not New Orleans New Orleans like domestic I'm I'm from the U.S. but like going to Croatia in the middle of a pandemic felt like a crazy thing to do but like I would just say like don't like sticker price scare you because like at the end of the day like when you graduate from Sloan or from wherever you're graduating from, like you're going to have the opportunity to pay that back. And you'll, you'll never regret, you'll never say to yourself that, you know, oh man, I wish I'd saved, you know, X amount of dollars, um, and not gone on that trip. You'll always like look back to the experience that you had and say, you know what, that at the end of the day, that was actually worth it. So I just wanted to like throw that out
0: there. Yeah, that's really fair advice. And also just thinking about like the cost of an MBA as a whole, right? Pennies versus... Yeah, it's penny, It's pennies of a dollar when you think about the price of, of one trip, but they do make a really big difference in your overall experience. So that's that's really good advice there. So speaking about like the, the MBA process and starting, when you are fortunate enough to to start an MBA, mm-hmm. you quickly realize you have a lot more opportunities and time, um, and FOMO can really play a big part in grappling with the right opportunities for you. So how did you think about what you wanted to engage in intentionally when you started your MBA, and what was your process? Um, surrounding that was uh, you look to start your first days on campus
1: yeah so um me I'm a big social person so like I saw and and I, having seen like Della go everywhere right like I was like well I kind of want to experience that for myself but FOMO like is very real like you hear about things and you're like oh I want to go on that trip or this trip or whatever but you do technically have to be select- selective I People might say I wasn't as selective as I might be, as I might have could have been because like I did go on a lot of trips last year, but I really was selective because I wanted to be able to have the experience and meet like different people from different backgrounds. And I felt like um, I was able to do that. I think the other thing um, in terms of like, I guess, molding my experience before getting on campus, like I just made like you got to make time for yourself and like take care of yourself and stuff like that. And sometimes that means missing a Thursday night when everybody's going out or missing um are missing like a hangout and going to dinner with some people or like whatever. Like it's, it's, it's about like picking and choosing kind of those battles and I'm putting that in air quotes. You can't see that, but um, it's kind of like picking that. And like just being selective with what you, what the, what you're trying to get out of it and who you're trying to meet. And I think that as long as you're like honest with yourself and you, you make time for yourself, I think there's no limit on like what you can make, what you can go to versus what you can't go to. It's literally just a personal decision. And it doesn't mean you're going to miss out on meeting those people because guess what, they'll be, on, they'll be on campus the next day, you can meet them then, or they'll be up the next trip honestly.
0: Yeah, that, that's a really good point. You gotta pick your battles, you gotta pick your events, um, and everyone's process really is different. But one commonality, kind of speaking to what you mentioned, is really around um, the role of endurance and how this really is kind of a marathon, not a sprint. You yeah. don't need to do it all in one day. Um, this journey does require you to exercise a lot of patience and perseverance, so what has kind of kept you going throughout this process?
1: Um, I think that what kept me going, honestly, like was twofold. I think the first is like I like when I studied for the CPA exam, it was really hard. It was like a lot of work and it was like a lot of like like failure, honestly, and like in, in, re, in like, picking yourself up and like kind of um, doing that. So I fall back on that whenever I'm struggling. I just remember like that moment. And, and, and the same goes for like the GMAT, like the GMAT for me was not an easy process because one, I had to take it like four times. Um, because I had the online version with where I couldn't write with a pen or paper. I had to do with all the math with the mouse. So it was pretty awful. Then like I had to fly to Houston. Every time I took the exam, I had to fly from Chicago to Houston. So like those experiences and like the negativity um, really fuel me. Like it's, it's and, like, I've also like failed, like whenever I was a freshman in college, like all that stuff like literally just comes back to me and I think to myself, I'm like, okay, if you've been, you been able to overcome all that and kind of get to where you are today, like, What's preventing you from moving from getting better? And I and one last thing that also really truly motivates me is the fact that both of my parents are from Ghana, so like in West Africa, and both of them like came from very poor backgrounds and they made them they made a name for themselves here in the US. And they did that through education. And my parents are like always harped and always made us like sit there and like really focus on education really take that stuff seriously they would make us do like workbooks in the summertime while everybody else is outside playing they'd make us do like math books and i never understood why i never i hated it to be completely honest but like when you look at when you come to sloan you're like struggling or like because core semester is really hard um it's really easy for me to like just sit back and sometimes like catch myself and i'm like this is so hard i don't know if i can do this to say well my parents literally did this with with way less resources than I have and way less of an opportunity. So like, I really have no excuse to to sit back and say, I can't do something like that. So for me, that's kind of what like fuels me and drives me and um, it's, going to, it's going to keep fueling me and driving me um, until the day I die, honestly.
0: Yeah, it's a really good point. It actually is in alignment with something that I heard in a class called uh, Leading Through Ambiguity. We had this, one of the co-founders and CEOs of PillPack come in, Yvonne Howe, and she was talking about like, Perseverance, in the perspective of what your ancestors or your family had gone through, and so it's essentially like you might have a bad day, or I, I had a bad day. Essentially, coming in as as the COO of PillPack, but at that point, thinking about like what my my mom had gone through, what my parents mm-hmm. had gone through to get mm-hmm. there, and to get me to get me to this situation, um, essentially like my worst day would be a blessing for them. So I got to right. take that from a completely different perspective, and when you can put things in that perspective of like the amount of effort that it took for you to get here, and that people took to put you there um it really kind of reframes that
1: yeah and guys one other thing is like i think the other thing is we gotta realize like we really did all the hard work on the front end before getting into sloan you literally did all the hard work you did the gmat you had an amazing career or something before like or you did something you accomplished something before you got in and i know like we're all type a people and like everyone literally keeps like echoing grades don't matter um which i know is was like sacrilegious to say out loud but like Sometimes you got to rest on that and you got to remember at the end of the day. Like when I was doing the DMD final and I skipped the last question on the exam because I was just like, it's 5 a.m. and it's due at 8 a.m. I got to just like give up because it's like, like sometimes you just got to like put things in perspective and be like, you know what? Like this isn't going to end. I'm not going to get kicked out of Sloan. I'm not going to get kicked out of this school just because like I struggled this one time. Like struggling is a part of the process. It'll make you a better person at the end of the day.
0: Struggling is a part of the process. Mm -hmm. That is a, uh, that is a quote for sure. So I <laughs> so appreciate that. That's mm-hmm. some, some sage advice from, from Mayor. <laughs> uh, kind of wrapping up, when we think about all the things we discussed, I guess one thing that I would want to ask you specifically is imagine you are a prospective student or a prospective student is sitting here in the room. What mm-hmm. would be your one piece of advice to them in terms of making it to a yes from Sloan?
1: Yeah, I think the one piece of advice is to be, don't try to like be this like superhero person. Like the, I think like the one thing, because like I, me again, I'm an accountant, was my background. And I thought, you know, being an accountant, like that's nothing special. Why would they let me in? Like, don't try to like be this person who like, who you don't have to be Maya to get into Sloan. Like you can be Ellen. Like Maya is like the superhero person. She's like the first person that comes to mind. You don't have to be that. Like you can, you just have to be honest with yourself. You have to put in the work and put in the, put in the, um, Like earn your stripes and and honestly just do the groundwork because at the end of the day, like this is an investment in yourself and in your future. And if you're willing to just be honest with yourself and struggle and like be open about the struggle, they're not going to like look at that as like some scarlet letter. They're going to look at that as like this person is literally a person who does not quit, who won't give up, who will keep pushing themselves. So I think like it's you just got to keep your you got to be honest with yourself keeping some perspective, and remember that like failure does not define you as a person, and failure will not keep you from getting into Sloan.
0: That's great, that's great. Um, so the last question, kind of you know, asking for a friend who may mm-hmm. or may not be judging your your answers here, <laughs> but we have a very important next question here, mm-hmm. and what would be, thinking about the time when you got into the Sloan, mm-hmm. what would be the theme song for that season of your life?
1: Um, yeah. So, um, man, okay. So, like, my favorite thing is like I'm a big music head, first and foremost. Going to Coachella, can't wait to see the man himself close Coachella. That is Kanye West. The song that comes to mind is "Father Stretch My Hands, Part One" because, like, if you watch, like, I'm a big NBA person too. You see, like, all those highlights where they like slow things down and then, like, right as like a ball, the ball goes into the hoop, like the 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 um, song like hits. That's how it felt like whenever I saw the acceptance letter when I got that call from Donna. Now I accidentally ignored Donna like six times because I didn't I didn't know six one seven area code. I didn't know what that was <laughs> um but like I was just like whenever I heard her say that like it kind of like it hit me I was like, dang, like you really really did this all this hard work like it took me two years to get into Sloan because I didn't get in the 2020 round three plus um and i I didn't get in round one to 2021, but I got in round two um after applying in round one like it, it just hit me I was like dude you you did it like now it's time to like like not relax but like now you can be like okay my life is going to be different like going forward and like you earned that like you really put in the work and well it's weird to have like my older brother have already gone here and like literally seeing him every day at Sloan when he's on the he's like on the wall um there I, it's still just like to me just like this crazy accomplishment because I know my parents put in so much work Um, to get us to this point to get us to the point where we're even able to like just be self-sufficient so like to be able to like take my talents to Sloan to use LeBron's quote um felt like incredible and like I think father shuts my hands part one is still the theme song going on because like Every experience I've had this year, I, I'll be like going to um, SF to go see like one of our classmates, like his family's vineyard, like going to Mexico, getting in the ocean. I can't even swim. And I got in the ocean and in the Adriatic Sea, like all that stuff was like really like incredible. And I think it's like that was just year one or this the first semester. I don't even know what's going to happen this year. So like um, I think that's what really the song that hit. And I think it's still hitting now.
0: Ellen, that was a great choice. You know, love the song. Appreciate a great, easy reference. Appreciate a good brawn reference. And you know, we really love it that uh, they're all in Cali now. So mm-hmm. as, as a Cali native myself, born and <laughs> raised, uh, love the choice, love the energy. And I can just see you hitting the shot there. Yeah. So uh, appreciate the time. Appreciate you coming. And any last words for the uh, for the people on the podcast?
1: Yeah. I just want to say like, the re- I just want to maybe give the reason I'm running for president. I like... So I've met a lot of people and I've heard like a lot of people's concerns. Like I've talked to like almost my entire class. And like, when you see like the concerns that they have and stuff like that, I just want to be able to help them and also be able to like let people know outside of Sloan and let the prospective students know outside of Sloan that there can be people who look like us who can be in leadership positions at this school. And I think like the ability to be able to be in a position where you can actually make decisions at an institution like this, looking like us is something that like, I think really needs to be said. And Courtney Jill she's already done this, like she's already our reigning, or current president, and I want to be able to carry on that tradition and, and to allow people to see, hey, you don't have to be, look a certain way to go here. You can look whatever way, you can be from whatever background, it does not matter. You can go to a state school like I did and still be able to go to MIT at the end of the day and be able to be in a position where you can be um, able to make decisions to help make the school better for the future. So just wanted to throw that out there and uh, appreciate the time, Taylor.
0: Yeah, that's a really powerful note. I mean, you think about the long line of uh, black and brown leadership as in the co-president position at Sloan alone. You've got Courtney Jacob this coming through this year, representing for the Black woman of Sloan. You had Ricardo Sutherland the year before that, Asia the year before that. So we've been representing, and that's a really good point. You know, it's not. Um, this is a place where we can excel, where we can thrive, and where we do lead. So hopefully you can continue that that leadership in our next uh, next year here. And appreciate your time on the, on the kickback.
1: Yeah, appreciate it, man.
0: Special thanks go to MIT Student Life, the Innovation HQ team, and the Voxel Lab, a music and arts innovation makerspace. Podcast intro by the talented Matthew Karen, fellow MIT student. If you found this podcast useful, feel free to share with friends and colleagues connected to the MBA process. Hang out with us next week where we talk about finding community at Sloan.